0: And it's just a matter of how customized it's going to be based on the price point so there's really something for everybody thank you guys let's get on into the episode yeah fighters what's going on y'all so joined by a very special guest today before we jump into the episode and i introduce pascal i'm just going to hit you guys with a quick request please make sure you're liking commenting and subscribing to the youtube channel especially if you guys have questions on what pascal is about to talk about or what we're talking about hit those comments ask questions I'm sure Pascal will be happy to come back on. I know he's got a lot going on and we really want to jump into it. So without further ado, Pascal, the German Troth, Thank you for taking the time, homie. I appreciate it. It's good to see you yeah what's up brother nice to see you too man (laughs) yeah so um you know this is something i've talked about in prior episodes all the amazing people that i've met on this journey and you're one of the most influential that i've met along with uh coach eric that actually was the reason i got out to phuket top team and how i originally met you and while i was in thailand you know that was a big transitional point in my life and you were not only there um coaching but fighting as well so one of the biggest things about what's your fight in the podcast is like, I like to ask how martial arts and fighting has impacted and changed your life. I and mean, there's a lot of layers that, especially for you. So I want to go all the way back to the beginning. Let's we're gonna like rewind all the way back to when you first found martial arts and training. You're that's that's back in Germany. So let's start there, and then we'll kind of dig into all the pieces along the way. It's
1: been a been a long way, been a long journey. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we got so. lot to unpack. Yeah, I I started to train, or the first time actually I went to the martial arts gym was uh, when I was uh, 14 14 years old. It was uh, through a boyfriend of my mom. Um, he was uh, an American guy actually and uh, a prior soldier and uh, he told me that uh, I would have to do something else with my life and don't waste it because my friends were not the best ones and I was about to go maybe the uh, the wrong direction I was not uh, such a, such a nice guy as a teenager I got the uh, influence and stuff so he he took me uh, to to a gym which was uh, in like um, kind of kind of hidden and it was a it was a really old gym like not, not fancy stuff with a big big ass steel door I and mean, when you open it was like and uh, there i got to meet uh, uh, james a uh, black dude with full of tattoos and gold earrings and uh, he shook my hand and i thought he broke my hand immediately and <laughs> and uh, he said to me uh, so the both of them you know they they connect me and uh, so basically he told him to take care of me and because uh, I grew up with my mom and my younger brother, my mom raised us uh, alone, my dad was still there, but he just came on weekends and stuff. So financially, we weren't strong at this, at this time. We, we struggled a lot when I was growing up, so I wasn't really able to, to afford like a monthly membership and stuff. So instead of paying, they, they make me work. So I, I had to clean, you know, for example, the parking lot, pick the grass and stuff. I had to clean the toilet, clean the gym, all this kind of stuff. And uh, yeah, more, more and more, I got more into the team and I got more more involved and I got more part and I started uh, te- teaching uh, classes at some point and I made some progress. So like they, they really took me like, I'm, I'm not saying they took me like from the streets, but they took me from a struggle position and they gave me kind of like hold and hope. And they said to me, like, if I... So you know, like drinking and smoking, of course, is uh, off limits, huh and um, they say, you know, like a young guy, listen to me when you stay in this gym, you know you follow our rules and you do as as we tell you to do and, uh, at this time, this is really what i what I needed, you know like a, like a strict hand so I, uh, I basically the first moment I stepped into the gym, I uh, got my ass beaten really, really bad. To be honest, huh? I came home and I had a black eye and a bloody nose, and my mom's like, "Oh, what happened to you? Oh my God, you're not going, you're not going back there and stuff." And uh, I went back there the next day because I was really ambitious about it, and uh, I got my ass beaten again. So I went again the next day, and the next day, and the next day, and uh, until I was the one who was able to beat their ass. And, uh, yeah, I uh, started started fighting after one year, one year of practicing and uh, I won my first five fights in a row and uh, for me the training was always like the purpose not to smoke, not to drink and uh, to eat healthy food, to to stay away, you know, from shady people, you know, just living like a healthy lifestyle. So in a really young age already the, the sport was always what uh, what kept me going and I was really competitive as well. So I, I didn't like that there are people out there who are better than me, you know. <laughs> so, so I trained really hard to, to become the best, and uh, I was uh, really inspired by the, by the by the sport. And at this time, I was uh, kickboxing. I wasn't Muay Thai yet, so they they commercialized as Muay Thai, but it was really kickboxing actually, uh, as I figured later. And uh, yeah, I like I said, I won my first few fights. In, uh, in a row and then when I was 18 18 years old I went to a summer camp in uh, in the near of Cologne and uh, I saved up some money at this time and uh, it was a two-week summer camp and uh, I I went there and I um, Aha, how, to, how to say, I just went without expectation, basically, yeah. And uh, when when I went there, it was two times training a, ga- uh, a day and we could sleep in the gym and all this kind of stuff. And it was actually a cool experience. And uh, when I went, I, I impressed the, the trainer over there. was uh, It was called Fighting Gym. So after the two weeks of training camp, he offered me uh, a professional contract with sponsorships and all this kind of stuff. And I didn't believe what was really happening. Huh? and I, I, I called my dad. I'm like, I'm like, Dad, I'm gonna become professional all my all my hard work is gonna gonna pay off and I got really excited and uh, so I started uh, to fight internationally a little bit. I fought in Spain I fought in Switzerland and stuff so not too far away from Germany but still it was a big deal for me but the first time I go to the airport and fly fly to another country uh, to to fight and uh, was was a really big deal and uh, yeah, so also when I was 18, uh, 18 years old, my dad he wanted to to reward me for my hard work, and my dream was always to to go to Thailand, to the origin of, uh, of Muay Thai. So when I was 18, for my for my birthday, my dad uh, gave me as a present two weeks training camp in, uh, in Thailand, and that was the first time I I came to Asia, and the first time I came to Thailand. And, uh, the moment, the moment I arrived there and uh, I went to the gym, I fall in love with the sport. It was just, just amazing, and I felt so, so grateful and so ambitious. And uh, I knew deep inside me, I'm, I'm gonna come back for sure. And I even in this two week period of time when I, when I stayed there, the trainers they were impressed by me, and uh, they already wanted to make me fight. Thai people always quickly make people fight. <laughs> I, I, also I wanted to fight, but in the end uh, it, it, uh, it, it didn't happen. I, you know, they had some some issues in the stadium and stuff. And uh, yeah, anyway, I, I went back to Germany and uh, I continued uh, my my journey. I was still studying at this time. And uh, like I said, the moment I stepped into the gym, I there was not one day I I missed out. Like even when I was sick, I went to the gym. And when I started to to study in school, like I. Like I always went to the gym and then I did like a in internship in the gym so I started working there like officially and legally and, and stuff and uh, so my whole life basically when I grew up was gym, 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 gym. It, it came to a point where, where I literally like two years like lived in the gym next to, next to the locker room. I had like a mattress on the floor and we had like a room separator, you know just like a, uh, you know when you change your clothes and stuff. Like a curtain. And, like yeah not like a curtain like a standing thing you know Like um, ah yeah 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 okay yeah yeah just because it was close to the woman uh, to the woman locker room you know so they wouldn't see me I would not see them and stuff you know because also it was not legal you know to have somebody just living in the gym so sure. so yeah <laughs> <laughs> so I stayed I stayed in the gym with two two other guys they came from uh, Boston, Herzegovina and uh, it was yeah. Uh, the, uh, the, the one guy he was 40 and with his son he was around 20 two crazy dudes yeah. and uh yeah these guys became kind of like my family and our daily routine was just like waking up like train extreme hard and then take a nap in the in the in, in lunchtime you know and then an afternoon train again and all my life was just like training eat sleep repeat eat sleep repeat and um, yeah when I was 21 I felt a little bit like lost like I didn't really know like what to do I was still like studying at this time but I really didn't know where where to go and I had some some issues back in the gym back home and stuff and I started questioning myself. I said, Oh, like, I don't, I don't really know what to do. Like, I worked so so hard, but like, now I'm fucked up in my gym. We had some internal issues and stuff, and uh, I didn't get along with the people anymore. And I started questioning myself if it was all my fault or if, if I'm just surrounded by assholes, you know. So, <laughs> so, a lot of things going on in my mind. And uh, yeah, and then I made the deci- decision I'm going to go to Thailand. So, I took my uh, my savings which which was not a lot it was 300 bucks and uh, i bought a one way ticket uh, to bangkok flew out to bangkok and uh, i had the address of a, of a gym over there and uh, it was elite fight club uh, at this time he is now a really famous trainer trainer gay pg gay is his name at this time uh, nobody really knew him he was just a big thai guy with lots of tattoos who was just locally known for his rough training methods right and uh, once people start filming him and put it up on Instagram and stuff, he got really famous. And I think now he has like half a million subscribers. So he <laughs> makes his way and he makes now seminars all over the world and stuff. And uh, yeah, he was the first guy I, I trained with in uh, Bangkok when I came to 21. This time I was already European champion. So I thought, okay, I have a uh, basic kickboxing skills. I'm, I'm good. If I'm good in kickboxing, I will be good in Muay Thai. But uh, he quickly made me realize it's not that uh, kickboxing and Muay Thai is uh, two different uh, sports. It's not the same at all. And uh, yeah, after a couple of weeks staying staying in Bangkok, I uh, got my first fight offer in China. Like uh, luckily, it was a kickboxing fight for me, huh? so I was familiar with the rules and stuff. But uh, yeah, then I had an in- infection on on my ankle, like uh, kind of like an abscess, you know, like. A, yeah so i had to go to the hospital and they had to to drain it and stuff and then i took a taxi from the from the hospital to the airport and in the airport i was just sitting for someone to pick me up and then a random thai guy came and he had a picture of me he's like hi are you pascal i like, yeah i am he said okay come follow me so i just went with this tiger i never met and i flew to china to fight some guy i had no idea and i i just followed along i didn't didn't care, I just wanted to fight, I had to make money, I, I was broke and I just got, uh, just lived from from whatever money I had and with the guys in the gym, if somebody had a fight, we would just like put all the money together and sit together, Thai style, on the on the floor and just share food. One hand is feeding the other one. So when we arrived in China, they said to me, it's like, just a small show and stuff. And turns out the guy I fought, he fought before Buaka and stuff and uh, so it was actually a really big name in China and I fought him, I think for 500 bucks. And when we arrived to the to the stadium, there were no locker rooms, no nothing. We we said we're gonna fight seventy kilo. When I arrived in China, suddenly we fought seventy five kilo. <laughs> so lots lots of crazy things like this. And obviously, they don't have like you know like the Chinese food is not the one we know in Western countries. Like Chinese food itself, you know, is a different story. Huh? So I was greeted by having pork knuckles and blood soup and snake and like all the delicious uh, <laughs> foods. <laughs> Completely uh, totally different. different. Yeah, totally different. So for me, I was just grateful to to, to fight an angel. For me, a dream came true, right? Like I trained so hard and then I got the opportunity to fight in China. For me, that was just, just amazing. So I didn't care about anything. I didn't care about the weight. I didn't care about the food. I didn't care about my opponent. I didn't care about anything. I was so confident. I knew about my skill and I knew about what I'm capable of. I was just like ready to show everyone, you know, like I'm here to, you know, to make a point, you know, to make a statement. So the moment the fight started, I had to tape my my two cuts on my leg because from the hospital they had to drain my my wounds. So I had to tape it so nobody would see it, and uh, I won the won the fight by a second round uh, knockout. The guy uh, the guy broke broke his foot kicking me, and I, I blocked him. It was a big big show, and when I when I came back to to Bangkok. With this fight, I gained the respect of Trainer Gay, and that was the time when he said, "You know, I'm I'm accepted." You know, I showed heart and courage for for this fight. You know, I'm not like some you know some kind of show off or whatever. You know, just you know. So I, I really have heart and courage for fighting, and it's, this is when uh, when we're starting to get close. And then the guy from with who I went to to China, his name is uh, Tuck. So he, he promised me if I go with him, he would give me regular fights and stuff, would open my doors, he would let me fight in big shows. And since I didn't have anything to lose and I needed to fight anyway, I said, okay, then I will just go with you. So I went back to Bangkok and I took my took my stuff and then I moved to Pattaya. And in Pattaya, this guy gave me opportunity, he made me fight in Thai Fight in Max Muay Thai in Pini Stadium. So all the big shows in Thailand, the biggest shows out there, which is live and TV and I fought some pretty big names. I fought in Vietnam, Antoine Pinto, who was really famous. I fought several more times in China and big shows. I fought in the famous Lumpini Stadium in Bangkok, and uh, I managed to make myself a, a good name because I performed really good in the fights. And uh, yeah, after I think I stayed in Pattaya around nine months. After nine months staying in Pattaya, I. Uh, it was time for me to move on because he was taking a lot of money from me. He, I had just a, a small, small room with no windows and there was maybe 15 square meters my my room. So it was kind of nothing. It was just like literally, uh, I had a bed. I had three hooks on the wall and I had a TV, which is not working. So, <laughs> and my, my whole day was just in the morning. I would wake up, I would run 10K, come back, skipping 15 minutes, clinching half an hour, pad work five runs, like really old school Thai style. And uh, I still didn't have any money at this time, and I was training with a Russian dude, Alakuy, and me and him we became good friends because he was just as broke as I was. So after training, we we were drinking uh, raw eggs with Sprite instead of a protein powder, and uh, so we learned how to improve and how to live a simple life. And uh, we didn't need much because we both we were just following our passion and we did what we loved to do, and we had a roof and we had food, and there was nothing else we 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 wanted. So we didn't had any. Uh, I to say, you know, we didn't need luxury or whatever, you know, and uh, yeah, after nine months in, in Pattaya, he, you know, I figured this guy is taking more than 50% of my fight purse, you know, like he is uh, making, you know, his children a lot of presents and stuff, you know, and I keep living, you know, on, on low cost, you know, so I said to him at one point, okay, listen, thank you for the good time, but it's time for me you now to move on and this is the time when I moved to Pukin. And I had some friends there, they said, okay, Phuket have a lot of gyms, you know, this is like the place to be. A lot of champions running around there, you know, in the yet. they have Tiger Muay Thai, top team and all the big gyms with the big names, you should be there. Okay, so I, I moved to Phuket and uh, I was sharing a room with a friend of mine and uh, I didn't really, I still didn't have any money to, to be able to afford, you know, some nice accommodation or, you know, some training packages because it's a touristic place and these gyms, they live from tourists, huh? so exactly, it's really expensive, so you, it's maybe like 300 bucks a month just for training, you know, it's the, the, the most expensive gym in the world, actually, yeah, there's no no gym around, you know, which charges charges so much, so I uh, I was just able to, for like drop-in sessions, I would go maybe in the morning to one gym, pay 300 bucks or whatever, you know, do one session, in the afternoon I would go running and I would just make it work, and... Uh, yeah, and uh, at some point, Tiger Muay Thai always had like tryouts, so they have like one week of, uh, of hard training and people from all around the world, they can apply for it. And uh, this one week of training, uh, people will be selected and the ones who are selected, they, they, they can uh, participate in these uh, tryouts. And they will test your mental toughness, your physical condition, and they basically they they're trying to break you. They're trying to see if you can fit into the fight team, if you are kind of worth it. So, I uh, I wanted to take this opportunity and I wanted to participate in the tryouts because uh, if you win the tryouts, they're gonna give you one year visa, accommodation, food. You know, so you you kind of safe there and you can you know keep living the dream and you can keep 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 training, keep fighting, and make make yourself a big name. But at this time, uh, I had an, another fight offer in China. So I went to China, uh, it was uh, just a one-fight deal. I won in the first round by knockout. And then the promoter said, Pascal, you want to stay here? I want to fight again next week. I'm like, huh? Well, okay, then, uh, then, I, then I stay. <laughs> so I stayed one more week, I did another fight. I again won by knockout uh, in the second round. And uh, in the end, I stayed for four weeks in China. I did four fights and won four times by knockout. <laughs> it's a good so night. It was a great month, so, <laughs> but it was also the month where the tryouts were from Tiger Muay Thai. So I went back, and this month in China, of course, I was able to make some money. So afterwards, I talked to Tiger Muay Thai. I said, okay, listen, guys, you know, I wanted to join your, your tryout because I'm looking for a team, but I had to be in China, and, uh, you know, I'm just a broke fighter trying to, to make it work. And uh, so they said to me, okay, they will give me, give me a tryout, uh, just like a two, three-week sponsorship. For, for fight camp, then I saw that um, K1 Germany Grand Prix is hosting an event in Germany. So Germany, uh, the German promoter bought the rights from K1 Japan to make the K1 event in Germany, which is really big, the biggest one at this time. So they look for they look for the eight best fighters in Germany, 72.5 kilo. So immediately I applied for 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 this tournament because I knew I uh, I, I can I can show them that I'm the best 72. kilo fighter from from Germany but their reply was you know that I I can fight but they would not fly me in because you know I'm, I'm in Asia and they look for German based fighters which was really really hard right because I knew this could be my breakthrough if I would participate in this tournament so I took my money which I have won from the one month in China before and I bought the ticket myself I put everything on the risk same I did when I bought the one way ticket to Thailand in the first place so I bought the ticket myself flew out to Germany and I was completely underdog. Nobody really knew because when I started to fight professional in the first place, I already left to Thailand. So, so the moment I got my name bigger in Thailand, Germany didn't really notice like who I am, you know, like what is my skill, and they didn't really like realize what's 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 going on. So I came as a complete underdog, and uh, when the, when the fight happening, I won my first fight, in the semifinal. I won the second uh, fight. And then in the final I faced the, like their favorite Alex Schmidt. He had like 100 and I think 20 professional fights already. And I, I knocked him out in the first round with the left hook. And it was beautiful. And uh, it was just amazing. It was an incredible win. I became K1 Germany Compete champion and I, I just started crying and it was a really emotional moment. Like, like all the hard work for this for this time and I didn't even had a team. So when I came there, I had to call my friends. They took off work and everybody came like with their own physiotherapist with their mental coach and whatever team t-shirts and all this kind of stuff like everybody really professional and me I had just had a bunch of friends with me yeah? There it was just like three three four of my friends and they were doing my corner I said okay you're gonna tie my gloves you're gonna carry a towel you do this and I was wrapping my hands myself and yeah and we, we make it work and we shocked everyone with this win and uh, after I won this uh, this belt lots of opportunities happened huh? I was featured in the ass magazine life of a fighter like it was
0: actually called life of a fighter <laughs> <laughs> It's a good name right good name It's amazing
1: <laughs> so After this big win I, I came back to Phuket and then I I got the opportunity from Tiger Muay Thai and from Phuket team they all they both wanted to have me and uh, I chose Phuket team because they just simply made the better offers so I start so I started there as a, as a fighter and they with me, then we also established a kickboxing class. So they didn't have kickboxing before in uh, in Thailand or in, in Phuket at this time. So with me, they started the kickboxing program, and I became the kickboxing uh, head coach from Phuket Top Team, which became really famous really really quickly. And we had big names over there, like for example Chris Cyborg I have joined my, my kickboxing class, and Tiago Tavares, like lots of UFC champions and stuff. So so it was a really wild time, and that, that was in 2016. The K1 tournament was I think in May and in the same year, in, uh, in December, I got a fight offered to fight for the Kings birthday and uh, it was in Thailand, like the biggest uh, tournament out there and this fight was one week notice and uh, I just said, fuck it, I do it, you know, like, uh, you know, and there's no, no big win with, big, uh, with the risk and uh, so I went and in the first fight I, uh, I fought versus a guy from South Africa, Jared Rothwell, strong guy, and I won him by points. It was in Lumpini Park in Bangkok, open air stadium. It was beautiful, and uh, I think we had maybe like 10,000 people watching open air. It was incredible live TV and everything. There was uh, big as a uh, poster from the king because it was an honor for the for uh, for the king, King Bhumibol, at this time because he had passed away in August, and this event was in December. It was the last trophy from the from from the king at this time. And in the in the final, so I had to fight again. Then the, the same night, it was a four-man tournament. And when I went into the final, I had to fight uh, the Thai guy, Samuin. And he and in, in his first fight, he broke the ribs from from uh, his opponent. And uh, so he is a really tough guy. He obviously also was the favorite. And uh, we had a really tough fight me and him. And uh, I was able to knock him out uh, with a, with a beautiful elbow in the second round. And, uh, I became King's Cup champion 2016 and uh, that was a milestone in my career. There was uh, a big big breakthrough, a big big thing and people said to me, Pascal, with this win, you as a foreigner here in Thailand, you have made history. And uh, for me, I really felt honoured at, at this time and I still feel honoured, even on the trophy it says, uh, um, like a most outstanding Muay Thai champion. And uh, this trophy from Thailand, from the King, is just incredible. And, Like all the Thai people, they bow down, like uh, they show their respect and they pray for me. And with this win, I got a really big, uh, big, big name in uh, in Thailand and in the community. So yeah, I after this fight, I went back to Phuket and uh, things keep happening. And uh, I had my glory debut in two thousand seventeen. Afterwards, which uh, which I also I won successfully and. I became world champion 2017 as well, so like things things were going really, really well, and uh, my career was going up. And when I was on the peak of my career in 2018, um, I had a request from the guy I fought in China in Glory uh, in, in the first place, and they wanted to do a rematch. So they threw me in, and then I uh, in the in the first round after 15 seconds, my opponent uh, grabbed me on my hip. Turned me around and spiked me on my head, and I broke my neck two times. And uh, so it was after after my career went up like this. I went really high, and when I was on the peak of my career, I broke my neck, and it was all basically for nothing. And I didn't believe what what is happening. I was in China, and people said you broke your neck, and I said this is impossible. I I can move my legs, I can move my arms. I didn't broke my ne- I didn't break my neck. I I'm uh, I, I'm I'm okay. I Sure, I could not move. I I was laying in the bed, and you know, my head felt like su- super heavy, and I had pain. But my my arms, I was able to move my arms and legs. And my grandma, she passed away from a broken neck. So I always believe when you break your neck, you you die. So I didn't didn't want to believe it. So anyway, at this time, I went back uh, went back to Phuket after a couple of days, and it took me. Took me almost a year to have a comeback when I when I broke my neck. I was really lucky because I broke my neck. I broke my fifth vertebrae in two places, and it was two two straight fractures. If my bone would have moved one millimeter, it would have hit my spinal cord, and I would be dead or paralyzed. And uh, as a 25-year-old, like hearing this, you know, it, it hits you hard enough. Like it is. Uh, it was really, really crazy because all my life was the sport. The sport was always what I uh, identified myself with, and um, then I felt like overnight it was just taken all away from me. And, uh, I felt I've been punished for for no reason. You know, I didn't I didn't do anything wrong. Like, why did this is happening to me? And then I had to wear a brace and I was Im- immobilized for for three months because I was really f- fragile and. Uh, It was a terrible time, dude, like uh, you cannot imagine. Like I looked in the mirror and uh, you still here? Yeah. So I looked in the mirror and I, I looked at myself and I just looked broken and I felt vulnerable. I felt useless. I just felt, you know, really, really, really low and... And it came to a point, you know, where 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 I started thinking, like, uh, I watched fights and I, I used to, and then I started thinking, I, I used to be one of them. And then there was also the time when I realized, dude, get your shit together. You, you, you don't use, you weren't used to one of those guys. It's, you know, you are one of those guys. You know, this is not the past. You're still one of those guys. You know, you can get back there. So... The moment I was able to take my brace off and start start working again, I had a really good physiotherapist, uh, Thomas Engbert. and uh, he's a Dutch guy living in Phuket. And uh, I'm so grateful for him. The moment I broke my neck, he reached out to me and he worked uh, the moment when I was able to move again, when I was uh, taking off my brace. He worked with me for nine months, three times a week, and he really made me, make me strong and he helped me to come back stronger than ever. So afterwards, Afterwards, I broke my octo—I broke my neck, October twentieth, two thousand eighteen, and on the third of October, two thousand nineteen, I gave my comeback fight in Germany. Less than a year, so that was a really, really incredible uh, journey through them. And until the the fight, lots of stuff happened. I I went to to a temple. I became a monk for some time because I I had to think about life, I want to see life from a different uh, point of view because for me it was always sports, 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 sports and if I think, like if I would not be able to you know, not only, you know, to compete, you know, just being able to walk, being a wheelchair or being dead like what's the point of life, you know, I start like questioning everything so I wanted to find my inner peace and I wanted to find myself again so I went to the temple for, for some time, became a monk and uh, got into Buddhism and stuff and it really helped me Afterwards, I went to Bangkok and I saw a really high, high-ranked monk who gave me a sacred sakyan tattoo. It's a traditional Thai tattoo, like uh, tattooed with a long bamboo stick, and it's a really strong blessing. So I got uh, got this tattoo on, on on my neck where where I broke it on the on this on the same area. And he did a really strong blessing, and what have happened at this day, I will never forget in my life. The guy the guy didn't even touch me. He just put his hands like on like before my neck and it got so so hot and I felt like I've been in trunks like I have a video of it I can send it to you like I was sitting there having my hands together praying and I started to flinch my eyes like it felt like that my spirit is just like like I lost control over myself he blessed me really 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 strong and I was just sitting there I was like Ugh. like, the, the, like I, before I didn't believe in stuff like this right same like, like hypnosis and all this like I always said I don't believe until somebody will do it for me or with me but uh, that was scary, like after, after this tattoo, like he said, this tattoo like, is for strength and holding together, you're a warrior. And after this, there was also not the tattoo session, it was a whole ceremony, right? So after this ceremony, that was for me like, okay, now I'm good, now my broken pieces are back together, I'm stronger than ever and nothing is gonna happen anymore. So I'm ready now for my comeback. So after the blessing of him, I started reaching out to people and I wanted to fight again. And many organizations have denied me because of my injury, because they said it's too risky, you know, in case something would happen and stuff. So again, I struggled also mentally because I felt stronger than ever. I have worked so hard again that I can fight again, And but nobody would give me the opportunity because they, they still want to touch me just as cotton balls so it was really frustrating to a point when I where I said if nobody is giving me any fight in any big promotions I will just you know do some local fights in Thailand or whatever but people need to see I, I'm back you know and of course also financially it ruined us because fighting is what I make my living off. and uh one year of no of no fighting and means one year of of no money and I had to had to cover all the hospital bills by myself and uh, for example, if I had to go to the doctor's, I had to pay the taxi to the doctor, I had to pay the taxi I had to pay the the, the, uh, the taxi back back home and it was just a lot of cost and it, make, uh, it really ruined us financially so Of course, I was really waiting for a fight not only for the money but only also to prove it to myself again that all my hard work is going to pay off that i 'm back. And uh, after a long struggle, I finally got a call from Germany and they said, okay, there's a promoter, I'm Lance Deco. And uh, he said to me, he uh, can give me the opportunity for my, for my comeback fight. And uh, I, I was super, super grateful and excited. When he told me the date, uh, the 3rd of October, I almost started uh, start crying because uh, at this time, my now fiance, at this time, my girlfriend, uh, Aldis, she was nine months pregnant. So I had to choose, like, what, what I'm going to do now. Huh? Am, am I denying the fight? Am I not going? Am I going and have the possibility of maybe missing birth? And it, was just, it was just a lot of headache and a lot to think about. So many emotions. And uh, in the end, we decided to, to go with it. Let's do it. Huh? We had like a time period of three weeks and it should be all right. Huh? And I said, OK, baby, listen, stay tight. You know, don't, don't, don't move.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> not yet.
0: No baby yet.
1: It was just crazy man and then she she brought me to the airport and when I was in the airport and I was supposed to leave and that was the hardest thing I've ever had to do in my life, man. Like my, my pregnant woman, she had a big belly, my baby in there and I she goes to the right and I go to the left through through this stuff and man I just you know, like I'm not an emotional guy, you know, but these two yes man, like these make me cry like I never cried so much in my life before man this was really, really heartbreaking. So I went into went the airplane and I started flying out to, to, to Germany and Alice went back to our place, back in Phuket. And uh, in Germany, I had some TV uh, 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 appearances and stuff because my story quite inspiring. <laughs> and uh, yes, and then I had my comeback, on, comeback fight on the 3rd of October. And I will not forget when I was standing there and they called my name in and I walked into the ring. I got goosebumps everywhere and when when I was standing in the ring the the fight didn't even start yet, and I suddenly I got really emotional when I was standing in my corner, like my heart was pounding a lot, and I felt like how my tears are coming up, and I'm like, okay, bro, get your shit together, we're about to fight now, don't you know like <laughs> this is what you've been waiting for, but it was just like such an intense moment because I already proved it to myself I'm back in the ring i I already achieved what i what I set myself a goal to so so like the result of the fight it didn't really matter to me because I was back. I was back in the ring already. It doesn't matter if I would have won or not, but I was just like, I, I was ready. I was ready for everything. And the fight started, and uh, it was just. I felt super confident. I felt super strong, and uh, I showed uh, good dominance. And the second round, I, I knocked him out, and I and uh, I defeated uh, defeated strong guy from from Spain, and I claimed my 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 world champion champion title. And, it was just incredible. Lots of emotions, and uh, when I, after, after I won the fight and they raised my hand, put the belt on me, again I start, I start crying. It was, it was just incredible. And when I, when I walked out of the ring and I had all my friends there, all my family, everybody was there showing their support, and the whole stadium, like they were all my people. It was just really intense. And uh, when I walked through the ropes and going down from the ring, already my friends reaching me a phone. It was like a rocky moment. Like it was Aldi's FaceTiming there. And then I had my my German flag and my my champions belt. And she was crying and I was crying. Oh, baby, I did it! <laughs> it was it was just incredible. And uh, the next day I flew home immediately and. Uh, yeah, ten days later, our our daughter was born, Lila Luna. Everything went smooth, and oh man, it was a happy ending. I was I was a happy man, and oh, God God bless. Like that was a really really intense time for us. Huh?
0: <laughs> Bro, yeah. I have. Do you know how many times I've gotten goosebumps just you telling the story? Let alone everything yeah. throughout that. What?
1: I try to keep it, you know, short too, because there's so much to tell, you know. It's just <laughs> so much,
0: and that's like, and to your point, man, like I didn't even want to intro. I wanted to just let you run because there's so much to unpack throughout all of that journey. There's so many little layers, like even in just the brief moments of when I, I think this was 2017. Um, uh, I have to look at like I have to check the time. But like even when I met you after after the original K1 Grand Prix, after that happened, like you've built yourself your name and all these things that are coming up. And then when I leave then all this adversity happens and like just knowing you and seeing you, like, dude, like people can understand how strong you are, not just physically, like from training with you. Physically, I can attest to this from doing strength training (laughs) sessions with you and also sparring (laughs) sessions and pad work and all that stuff and watching you work in the gym and watching you fight but mentally and all the things that I, that we can unpack there I honestly I don't even want to get into any of that yet I want to save that for like a part two I want to almost like leave it just at this because there's so much we could unpack there that it's it would it would just be a whole nother podcast so I want everyone to just kind of comment below on the things that you want to pick out there because dude this is so powerful and there's like so many little pieces again to pull out because again being a dad like now as a dad you're you're're a, you're a coach you're a fighter you're, you're a family yeah. man you're engage you're a father and now you're fighting and now being able to provide and doing all those things and, and like it's so crazy to me being able to do this and you're still you're still young you're not even in your 30s yet you're still in your 20s 20, 26 huh Right, like that's that's so <laughs> crazy. Just that alone, and also, like I know this about you. You used to have to bounce and work overnight to be able to keep yourself going throughout different stages. Um, before even all this happened, so it's like again, we could. There's so much to dive into. I, we're gonna have to save this for another um another round i'm gonna have to have you come back on we're gonna have to you know do this again because this is just I the best beginning show. as far of it but dude yeah. i just appreciate you taking the time because also you and this just to shed a little bit of light and this is to me what's really important is what's your fight this is your fight but you're also like you said you're a family man so you're with family right now you're in iceland you're yeah. visiting because of everything that's happened recently with the pandemic and COVID. like it change your plans so you're know. doing seminars like It's crazy, right? And that's even something we can get to. So, but what I want to do really quick, because I know everyone that's listening and and watching this is truly inspired and they're going to want to take action with supporting you or just getting involved. Like, dude, I I think everyone should train with you in my opinion like it changed (laughs) my life truthfully like that's the biggest thing i took away from thailand is the training with you and with coach crew and like, like i mean uh crew kit and being able to see all the people there and the amazing people that i met um we have your like your websites below your clothing's below you can book seminars so just tell everybody a little bit about what you currently have going on and you know how they can support you and 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 some of the not just because fight plans are a little different right now with everything going on but seminars with virtual training with the clothing line that you have and with all the things that you have going on there
1: sure I mean I have my clothing brand it's called TG Sports and Streetwear and uh, every purchase you know that you can purchase through Instagram direct message me I have it also listed in my highlights just on my personal profile TG Sports and Streetwear itself we, I have a separate account but it's just easier to, to reach straight to me on my side Pascal Schroth uh, Pascal is a German Schroth is my Instagram and uh, I think nowadays everything goes through Instagram anyway it's like the main the main platform kind of and uh, Yes, I'm, uh, I'm up definitely for private training seminars. Like I had planned a big seminar tour in February in Europe and uh, after I have defended, uh, defeated my belt again, uh, I claimed my belt back again. So when COVID came, we had to cancel the whole tour. I had 20, 20 gyms, a really big seminar. And uh, when COVID came, I had to escape basically from my from my own country and we had to go back to Thailand. So we wanted to wait until the pandemic is over in Thailand, but it uh, seems like it's not uh, getting any better. So we came back to Europe because in Thailand, also there are no fights happening. And uh, it's a really hard time for everyone out there, including myself, we all struggle. and. Uh, so yeah, I'm now in Iceland. Uh, my, my fiance, she's, uh, she's Icelandic, so it was now the first time that her family also gets to meet our, our daughter. And she's almost 10 months by, by now. They were supposed to see her already when she was four months, when we were in Europe the first time. But unfortunately, COVID like, uh, canceled all of our plans and stuff and we lost a lot of money. So now we're trying to basically make up for it. And uh, I'm planning on a new seminar tour. I will be doing a couple of private sessions here and doing a seminar here in Iceland. And then at the end of this month, I will be uh, going to Germany and uh, Switzerland and to France to do some, some seminars. And uh, afterwards, we will have to see when Thailand will open the borders again. And then we will be back in Thailand, maybe in October. In the meantime, I'm always up, you know, for sponsorships or for for private sessions or virtual training or whatever. It's the best just to contact uh, me straight and I'm... uh happy to help either is it if it's like uh, if you want to if you want to talk if you want to Im- improve your skill if you want to talk about the mindset for for fights or whatever you have in mind uh, where i can help you i uh, i always appreciate also be sharing my knowledge inspire other people and motivate them and uh, yeah, in the meantime i'm just doing my thing and uh, yeah i hope that uh, people who, who follow me that they that they get inspired by it you know and that they just realize you know that uh, you are so much more capable of that you would believe, you know, like it is like 90% uh, is, is, the, is the mindset, you know? So you can uh, you can achieve anything in the world if you work hard for it.
0: Woo, that's a powerful, powerful thing. And that's, again, Pascal, I have to highlight this. If you guys are not, anyone that's watching right now is not following you on social media. Like that's the biggest thing I would recommend doing right now is go over it. We have the links below your IG, your Instagram, your handles below, click on that link follow him i'm telling you pascal will change your life just from the inspiration like when i see you training what you're doing and putting the work in like and i know you personally so it's also a little bit more inspiring but just seeing what you do with all the adversity that you've been through like when i think i'm having a shitty day and like oh i i didn't get a good night's sleep because lena woke me up like bro that's not a problem the real there's other adversities in life and that really just matches up with a lot of stuff that we've we've talked about so i that's kind of i think a great way to finish it and i just want to again say thank you pascal i really appreciate especially with a just us personally being able to take time and catch up but also being able to take time out of being with your family and and working on all the things that you're working on to take time to do this um we're definitely gonna have again guys hit the comments below hit us with questions because we're going to have to have you back on to do another follow-up because there's again, so much. We didn't yes, even That's a lot. That's yes, a lot. So much, <laughs> so much information to unpack, dude, that we'll definitely have to get into all of the, the, the other pieces of it. But I just really appreciate it, man. Thank you.
1: Thank you, bro. It's my pleasure.
0: I'm happy to to be here. All right. So that's, dial in with the customization and we have more information on different programs and resources in our newsletter so if you haven't signed up for that do so below it's free and that is it y'all see you on the next one